Welcome to the House of Lee NYC. Come on in, meet regular folks doing interesting things, and get tips for resourceful living. Hi, I'm Lee. Thank you for stopping by. In today's show, we're going to meet Chip Edwards, a programmer who is going to share some tips on how to write apps for smart speakers such as Alexa or Google Home. Now, in the smart speaker world, apps are called skills for Alexa or actions for Google Home. You probably have a smart speaker at home, but have you ever wondered who is behind the coding of those skills or actions that went into your ability to tell Alexa or Google Home to do stuff? Well, Chip Edwards is one of those entrepreneurial coders. He has a new company called createmyvoice.com based in North Carolina. And while he can build other skills and actions, his main one right now for smart speakers enables blogs and podcasts to be heard directly upon command. Chip Edwards is going to give insight on how to build skills and actions. So if you are a programmer, perhaps you can be inspired. Or if you know a coder or two, please share this episode. So let's go now to my interview with Chip Edwards. Oh, wait, just a quick note. He and I met at the Mid-Atlantic Podcast Conference in New Jersey a few weeks ago. And so when I announced that I needed a 25-mile-ish ride back to the Philadelphia Amtrak station, Chip stepped up and said he'd give me a lift on his way to the airport. That means you're going to come along on our bumpy ride as I interviewed him while he was driving. <laughs> and whatever you do, do not attempt this in your car or anyone else's. <laughs> we did run into a little Google Map trouble and you'll hear all about it soon. So come on in. <laughs> Hi, Chip. Welcome. Hi, Lee. Glad to be here. Thank you so much. Let's start off right off the bat with you being a programmer for the financial services market. Is that right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Work for a number of banks, being a technologist in building software for large financial institutions. Technologist. That's like mixologist. It's... It, it is a mixologist, a mixologist with technology, yeah. <laughs> there is a large truck behind us honking its horn. We are on location in a Nissan four-door something or other on the way to the airport. We met up at Mid-Atlantic Podcast Conference. So excited that we met here. And the reason we're talking to Chip today is because he's bringing something really fascinating to the market. And while we're going to touch on that, we're really going to touch on the back end of it so that it applies to you and in case it gives you the idea to do something similar to what Chip has done. So Chip, in a nutshell, what have you created and what are you excited about? So a couple of years ago, uh, we noticed that these smart speakers were starting to become really, really popular. And what's a smart speaker? A smart speaker is um, like an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, and these are devices that people put in their houses that listen to you, and they take your verbal commands and they do stuff for you. Uh, they can do stuff or they can answer questions and, and all kinds of stuff. They're becoming much more popular. And so do you have them in your home? I do not personally have one of those. Do you? Uh, so we have a number of them. We've got, uh, I've probably got 
six of them. I mean, why? Why? Uh, because because they help us be able to manage our lives. In what way? So uh, so take take for this for instance. Um, it used to be that we would run out of uh, uh, stuff in the fridge, and it was always really hard to be able to get the kids or even myself to be able to write stuff on the list and so with a, an amazon echo in the kitchen we can just say uh, alexa add milk to the shopping list and it magically shows up the next day what do you mean like you just say alexa put milk on the list and it delivers it for you what tell me well technically it puts it on the shopping list and my wife gets the shopping list and orders it but from my perspective it just magically shows up the next day ah so there is the step so in other words does alexa in your house when you say alexa we need milk does alexa order it through amazon or does your wife somehow is she able to download a list somewhere electronically so my wife just asks alexa alexa what's on the shopping list and alexa will tell her here's all the stuff that my kids and I have added to the shopping list and she orders it. Wait, so throughout the day with Alexa, you can like listen to music and this and that and do these things and interspersed with all that, you can say, Alexa, put milk on the list or Q-tips or what have you. And then Alexa compiles it for you at the end of the day. Yep. She just keeps track of the list until my wife uh, t- listens to the list and says, remove that from the list. And then she takes it off the list. So... What did Alexa lead you to do, Chip? So I had this great idea about making Alexa be able to read blogs or um, play podcasts. And so I built up a skill, which is kind of an app for uh, Alexa, smart speakers, uh, to be able to uh, hook up to any podcast or any uh, blog and, and read it for them. Well, how do you read a podcast? Because it's audio. Well, how does that work? So, sorry, I misspoke then. It it reads blogs and plays podcasts. (laughs) Have you played The House of the NYC yet? I I have not, but uh, that's on my list right now. (laughs) Alexa, download the podcast list. (laughs) Something like that. It'll be more like, Alexa, uh, start House of Lee. So when you use the word skill, do we just use that uh, interchangeably with the word app? Correct. The skill is the same as an app in the mobile phone world. But Alexa, when you create them for Alexa, it's called a skill. Got it. So Chip, share with us what Alexa has to do with what you've created and how did you get started creating it? So I got started a couple of years ago when my wife ordered one of these Alexa Uh, Amazon Echoes and brought it home and she was showing me all these cool things that it could do and I thought I was going I'll bet we could actually make that do a lot of other things and so I took it to work with me and and uh, made it play audio and and a number of different things and when I got home my wife was like hey get your own I use that (laughs) and then and then what happened next Uh, so I ended up getting my own and and I built an Alexa skill that will play podcasts and read blogs. Why did you do that? Out of all the things you're probably talented and able to do, why? I listen to podcasts and I read a number of blogs and 
it it dawned on me that it would be so much easier to just be able to say Alexa play House of Lee or Alexa read Nomadic Matt's blog and then it would uh, it would do it for me so I created a skill to be able to make that happen so let me understand you had that idea and then I'm thinking right now as you're saying that it could be incredibly helpful for the visually impaired. Absolutely. Matter of fact, I was talking to uh, the blind blogger just a little bit ago about getting his blog on, um, on Alexa 2. And that would be Maxwell Ivy, correct? Yes, Maxwell Ivy. And so we're going to actually see if we can get his blog set up so that uh, even if you're visually impaired or have or not have a, uh, a visual screen right next to you at arm's length, you can still listen to uh, his content. That's amazing. That What an amazing way to put your programming skills to work. So what goes into building a skill or app for Alexa or any other, uh, what did you call it, smart speaker? So it's kind of a two-step process. One of them is as you build out of some code, and I use Node.js for those that are geeky. How do you spell that? N-O-D-E-J-S, Node.js. What is it? It's a programming language. It's kind of Java, JavaScript-ish like. Okay. Uh, so you write the skill um, in a programming language, and we've got a number of thousands of lines of that that handles the back-end side of things. And then on the front-end side, the skill side, you write an interface that makes your your brand and your and this description about your podcast um, on the Alexa app. And then you hook those two together, um, and that makes it so that the your branding on the uh, Alexa or in Amazon.com shows up and it's hooked up to this code on the back end that actually reads your blog and or plays your podcast uh, out of your RSS feed. Now, do you need to, it sounds amazing, and I wonder, do you have to work with Amazon somehow with this? Do you have to get permission or uh, asking them if they can work together, or is this completely separate? How does all this work? So Amazon did a pretty good job at at making it so that developers can create these skills, but they do have a certification process. So once you've built your skill, you submit it to Amazon and they certify the skill to make sure that it works well and properly for all the millions of Alexa devices. And so did you undergo that process and what was the outcome? So for every skill that I've written, um, yes, you submit it to um, Amazon and they do a it takes them usually three days to two weeks to uh, to get to certify the skill. And are you certified through Amazon's program, your, their vetting process? Yeah, so I've got um, a, a dozen or two skills out there that have been through the certification process. And so each one that is for each podcast, each person, I write a new skill and run it through the certification process. Wait, so you have to write a skill or app? for Alexa for each podcast that's out there? Yeah, that's correct. A new skill for each for each person. Now that's the one of the things that I've done differently is I've created a skill for each podcast or There's an easy blog. pass on the window, you know that, right? Yeah, yeah I know. I didn't enable it. So. Oh. <laughs> So rental car tip, folks. <laughs> you can enable the Easy Pass function. <laughs> now we're in the cash lane. Yeah, I know, but it's like an extra five bucks a day to be able to have it enabled, plus all the tip fees. So it's 
going to cost us an extra like 30 seconds to go through the cash line. Good point, Chip. <laughs> I didn't realize it was a surcharge. It's it's not like Zipcar where they just, it's at cost. That's correct. <laughs> the rental car company is going to get their fee on this one. I reached out to Amazon's Alexa developers on LinkedIn and Twitter because, honestly, I didn't have a phone number. Anyway, they didn't get back to me at the time of the posting of this episode, but I did find, very easily, Amazon's website for building Alexa skills. I'll post it in the show notes. Amazon's Alexa site outlines the steps you need to complete as a skills developer. Google Home also has a website for developers. They call their apps Actions. So it's skills for Alexa and actions for Google Home. I did not reach out to Google because, well, they didn't have any contact us links. So I'll just leave the developer's website for Google Home in the show notes as well. Anyway, at the Amazon developer's website, there is even a video of a guy named Gal Shinar who has written 20 plus apps or skills talking about how great business is. I reached out to him via email and I didn't hear back from him either. But the point is that if Chip Edwards and that guy can develop skills for smart speakers and make a profit, so can you. Before we continue with Chip Edwards, I'd like to give a shout out to the countries where there are listeners for my show. France, Mexico, thank you so much. And Alberta, Canada. Oh my gosh, if you've never been to Alberta, Canada and Lake Louise, you have got to go. I did a motorcycle trip across from New York to Alaska and we went through Canada amazing gorgeous and even if you go in a car or a bus whatever it is you've got to that's one of the sites you should see before you know it should be on your bucket list for sure the other local places california and vermont listening thank you so much for listening to the house of lee nyc so with create my voice tell us what create my voice is so create my voice is a company that um, that works with podcasters and bloggers to build a skill for them for their podcast or their or their blog with their branding um, to be able to move them into the voice world and so that they have a a, a voice version of their uh, their business. That's amazing. So do I dare ask what is the cost for this service? So for the basic version, um, where uh, it costs 200 bucks to get set up, and then it's a $30 a month fee for us to service and keep it uh, keep it updated and current. So let's see. So 30 times 12, that's $360 with a $200 setup fee. Is that right? Yeah, but if you pay by the year, you get a couple of months free. So it's uh, it's a 500 bucks total by the year. So it sounds like a great service and it does come at a premium, which is understandable. When do you recommend folks start using the service? So right now, the voice, these Amazon Alexa devices and the Google Homes are starting to be adopted by the mainstream. So they're getting out everywhere. So I highly recommend that, that bloggers and podcasters uh, start considering what it is for their brand to be in a voice world where people don't go to your website to look at your brand. Uh, they are just going to interact with you verbally through these devices. And so what, what, what does your brand look like in that case? 
So what tips do you have to programmers or coders who are now becoming motivated by just listening to your story about coming up with the idea to build a skill or app for Alexa? Really, you've got to th think of this in three different areas. One of them is, is the technical area. And for programmers, usually the technology is the easy part because they love technology. And so learning a new programming language, if you don't know Node.js already, it's, it's pretty straightforward. And now... And, and so, uh, sorry, that programming language, is that what is used for the skills slash apps for Alexa? Uh, so Node.js is the first one. Amazon has actually supporting some additional programming languages as well. Um, but Node.js is the one that I learned because that was the one they supported when I started. Got it. What else? Uh, so the, the second side of things are voice changes your whole mindset as far as how you have to um, how you have to program because it's um, it's not the same visual world. Um, you've got to change the thought of this is how you've structured things um, and people have to learn how you've structured it. In the voice world, people can say the same thing like a million different ways and so your skill has to change to uh, change how it so as a programmer, you've got to change how you think, and you've got to change more into a verbal interaction as opposed to a visual um, visual interaction where people, in the visual world, you can put things all over your screen and people can find what they want. In a verbal world, they're not going to find what you want because they're just hearing the short clip that you've got for them. So it changes how you have to think about programming. How do you have to think about programming then? Do you have an example? Right now, because the devices are relatively new, the best way to work with the voice interaction is to anticipate what the user is likely going to want and guide them through the steps to be able to either get what they're what what you think they're going to want and or give them simple choices to be able to guide you down a different path. And what are the other two ways? One of them was the technology. The second was is the model for how you have to think about. Um, tech building things. And what's the third? Uh, the third the third thing that you've got to take care of is the whole idea of marketing because you can build a product but then you've got to figure out how you're going to get that product to the people who need it. And that has been a huge experience for me, learning experience for how do, how do we take this product and get it to everybody that needs it. And what have you learned from the process so far? You have to spend time with people, learning about people, and you've got to enjoy, um, enjoy learning about them and find them and meet them where they're at. And then you've got to do some education because lots of times, especially in these new products, um, people don't understand them fully. And so you're going to do a lot of... Um, kind of working together and, and educating almost. Um, and then as the relationships build, then you move on to the, this is how we can help each other in, the, uh, in this new world. It sounds to me, and correct me if I'm wrong, that what you're doing is, is somewhat groundbreaking. Is it not to, to think, wow, you know, I, I can build a new app slash skill for Alexa. Yes, this whole voice first world is, is, is groundbreaking. It's going to change how all of us interact with computers. Computers are going to be figuring out what you want 
instead of making you follow their um, their instructions on how to interface with them. And these devices are getting embedded everywhere. I mean, they're you're going to have Alexa in your car. You're going to have Alexa. The last I saw is they're embedding Alexa in your refrigerator. So the the, the these voice devices are going to be all over the place. So as I understand it, your cost uh, to the consumer, uh, in this case a podcast owner or a blogger, uh, the cost is because you have to build a new app slash skill for each business, uh, meaning uh, each podcast and each website slash blog. Is that right? Correct. I'm building a, a skill with their branding for them uh, that's going to represent them in the voice world. And so along those lines, what other skills do you think are available or not yet available that people such as other coders and programmers could build and create for Alexa? What do you see? So there's a lot of games that are just starting to come out that seem to be pretty promising as far as what people are doing with those. A lot of productivity applications, I think, are going to be there. Can you give some concrete examples? Uh, for a productivity one, it would be relatively cool if, if I could, and I think that this one actually might be available or coming available soon, where I could have my calendar hooked into Alexa, and I think that one's actually out there already, where you can just say, hey, what's on, what's, what's on my calendar today? And it would let you know, here's where your meetings are. What other things or what other apps or skills could could one build for Alexa? What do you, it's kind of like, you know that show, uh, the old cartoon, The Jetsons, set in the future? Yes, I remember that show. And so, what do you see? If you were going to make a cartoon about the future with Alexa, what, what are the possibilities, do you think? Pretty much anything that you do these days, there's some things that you, you have to do through touch. Um, but... There's a lot of things that... We're, we're trying to operate with GPS as he's driving. <laughs> okay, I made that negotiate, negotiated that turn. Okay, so we're good there. As a former motorcyclist instructor and in driving, that's pretty good. So uh, right now, the, the, there's two sides that are, that are having to come together right now. One of them is the voice processing. And that is making sure that Alexa understands the words that you're using um, and then turning those words into what your intentions are. The flip side of that is that once we have the intention, then we have to build the actually doing something about that intention. And that's where the sky's the limit because you can create any intention and now all you have to hook it up with, with is people... Uh, people asking for that intention. And so do you have any tips? As you go through your day, the things that you do normally, um, those are things that um, you can start thinking about having um, automating those and making them so that you can do them uh, verbally and letting the computer do all the work for you instead of you having to find a paper and pen or go, get to your computer um, and doing them visually and by hand. Nice. So what were some of the challenges in writing a skill for Alexa? So the, the biggest challenge was the shift mentally from going from a visual interface to a voice interface because uh, we, we all talk and we have, we know what we mean, but 
turning what we mean into the specifics of what are our intentions and writing in the new mode uh, was probably the biggest. And can you give a tip for programmers and coders on how to do that? Just off the top of your head, nothing too deep, because they'll have to do their research on their own, right? Uh, yes, it is. It really is a model mind shift, and the best thing I can say is is there's a lot of a lot of uh, material out there from um, uh, from Amazon. We're trying to figure out the traffic, folks. Hang in, <laughs> bear with us as we look to see what uh, the Google is. It a Google map? What is that? This is a, yes. This is a Google map that's sending us a little bit all over the place. But hopefully, it's going to get us to the Amtrak here in just a few minutes. And just a side note on Google Maps, it's not always accurate. And I hate to say that now when we're on a time crunch. <laughs> But I remember, and I've said this before, I don't know if uh, you remember or if I said it here or somewhere else, but when I did my 100-mile bicycle ride from New York City to Philadelphia, there was one chunk of the route that I did not map out, like uh, old school with a map, unfolding it, looking it up, that sort of thing. And Google had me going in the wrong direction. So I rode five miles out of my way until I realized that the sun was setting uh, in the wrong direction based on the map coordinates that Google sent me and so be but because I know that the Sun sets in the west and rises in the east and it was a sunny day I was able to correct the route or correct my direction and then I cursed Google for the extra five miles <laughs> so, so technically it was a hundred and ten mile trip is that what that means <laughs> so tips for the programmers and coders definitely take some time to read the the material on the mindset shift from a visual interface to a voice interface and where do folks get that reading material so Amazon has a lot of it on their developers on their developer skill kit um, that walks you through the mindset shift and also the specifics of how you have to interface to be able to do a skill do you know other programmers who are doing the same thing you are in terms of building a skill for Alexa? Or are you alone in a cave somewhere? So most programmers prefer to be alone in a cave. <laughs> so, so currently I'm alone in a cave <laughs> and, enjoying it, and enjoying it. That's awesome. So let me ask you, that makes me think, if I wanted to have a skill you know, or app written for Alexa or Google Home, and I'm not a coder, obviously, would your company, is that something it could offer? Absolutely, would be glad to talk about the opportunities that you would have. That's so exciting. Thank you so much, Chip. Absolutely, thanks, thanks, Lee. It's been a lot of fun being here together. And I should say, thank you so much for giving me a ride to Amtrak. <laughs> you're, you're welcome, I think we're just about there. Thank you again, Chip. And my hotspot for the week in New York City is 
Shakespeare's Garden. It's a lovely, charming, quiet nook of a spot in Central Park. It's near the Marionette Theater, and you can get there by entering Central Park at West 81st Street and Central Park West, and then walking east to the park, in the spot in the park. It's gorgeous. Take a sandwich, have a cup of coffee. It's a quiet spot, though. So if you've got young ones or a loud dog or something, avoid it until you can go by yourself. It's a great spot. I highly recommend it. If you want to go and ponder life, that is the place to go. And if you're listening and you think there's a great spot that I should cover, please do let me know. And instead of calling me or emailing me, you can reach out via social media. I can be found at House of Lee NYC on all the social media channels. Again, that's at House of Lee NYC. You can direct message me. I'll get back to you. And please do consider following me as well. Finally, I do need to mention the show pens. I'm uh, They're here. So please reach out so that you can have a free House of Lee NYC show pen. I love these pens. And when you get yours, you'll understand why. <laughs> I do need to let you know about Cast Shop NYC, the one-day hands-on podcasting workshop next month on October 25th, 2018. Please come with me and join my co-hosts, Kelly Johnson and Beatrice Reynoso. We're going to also have Monica Rivera of You Wanna Do What podcast and Jennifer Longworth of podcastwithjennifer.com. It's gonna be so much fun. It's a one-day thing. Share your voice or your business Business's voice, get started on your podcast with me. So that wraps up this episode of the House of Lee NYC. Thank you so much for stopping by. Take care and I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.